Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today I'm going to start a series that we're going to go over for the next couple of weeks. If you're here for the first time, so glad that you're here. It's called Born the King Has Come. And I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Christmas time as we look forward to the coming of our Savior, the birth of our Savior. For us, obviously, he has already, he's already come. But man, we have a reason to celebrate as we come to the end of the year. You officially made it. And uh, But let me just say this. We're not just celebrating the the birth of our Savior, although He is our Savior. How many of you thankful that He is your Savior and He saved us from our sins? But I got to tell you this, He's also a King. He's also not just any king. He is the king of kings. And I was thinking about how in today's society we celebrate, you know, um, the arrival of babies. And when a woman is pregnant and, and one of the first things that people do is they have a baby shower. And we had particularly a diaper party. Everybody just brought diapers. And uh, uh, that lasted us probably for about a year. And uh, it, that was awesome. And then in today's society, we have the gender reveal party, right? And all of these things because we're excited. There's an expectancy about the baby and the possibility of what could this child really be, right? And I think um, we, we bring gifts, all of those things, and then the baby is born, and then the parents post on social media, and the child looks like this. Like, oh, cute, looks like a little old man, right? Or a little old lady barely having hair and, right, all wrinkled skin. Like, ah, oh, so yeah, everybody's so excited about that life. But, you know, I, I think we can learn a lot about God and how he celebrated the arrival of his son. You know, it was a night that was miraculous. It was a night that was full of wonder. I like when people that aren't Christian, they'll say, it's magical. No, it's not magical, it's miraculous. Can I hear a good amen today? It was a night full of wonder. The sky was dark, but then it lit up with the angels singing and declaring, we bring tidings of great joy to you. And uh, Isaiah said that his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Somebody say Mighty God. It was a night full of expectancy because they were expecting the birth of the Savior. What an amazing time. And I was thinking about how that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about the miraculous. You know, I've been praying this, this week when I think about Christmas. I don't think about just buying gifts, but I actually think about the miraculous that happened that night. I've been praying. I was like, God, I want a special Christmas miracle. There's, that happened one time right? Jesus came to the earth and they celebrated, right? Everything was miraculous from the virgin birth to the invitation to the shepherds who were of the lowest of the low. And then, right, the, the three kings, the wise men who had the faith to follow a star and, and they would come and they would all worship the king. My church family, I just want to remind you the first Christmas was miraculous, and it is a reminder to us that this season should be full of God's wonder and his miraculous power. I receive that today. I believe that. And I want to tell you why I believe it, because miracles are our heritage. We should be walking in miracles as the children of God. And I believe that God wants us to live in that wonder, live in the miraculous how many of you want to live in the miraculous power of God walking in in a day to day? But here's the question I have for you. 
Are you willing to make room for the miracle? That's what I want to talk about today. Because this first miracle, this incredible miracle, came about because the people who were involved in this miracle, all of their lives got interrupted. Have you found Luke chapter 1, verse 26? It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her saying, Greetings, favored woman. How many favored women do we have in the house today? Amen. Amen. The Lord is with you, confused and disturbed, greatly troubled. Mary tried uh, to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be the son of the mo- he will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Come on, somebody say a good hallelujah right there. And Mary answered the angel, but how will this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative has become pregnant in her old age. Say there's still time. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, why are you in a hurry? She's having babies in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son. I believe in this time, this miraculous time, there are things that people used to say about you, but they're not going to be able to say it about you anymore in Jesus' name. They used to say she was barren, but now she conceived a son, and now in her sixth month, for the word of the Lord will never, ever fail. Whew. If you're taking notes, I've entitled today's message, Divine Appointments. You know, when we talk about Christmas, you can't talk about Christmas without mentioning Mary and Joseph. You've probably seen already with the nativity scenes that are up, Mary and Joseph are there. And then um, I saw a weird one in our neighborhood. It's just kind of weird, but they had some shepherds, but it didn't look like a shepherd. One of the shepherds actually looked like Jesus, like full-grown male Jesus at, at his own birth. It was kind of just weird. I was, like, I was like, I know these people didn't mean that, but he was like down like this and, you know, Jesus with the beard and everything. And I was like, oh, that's all. I've never seen that before. But you see Mary and Joseph and they are in people's front yards. Mary is, is, is world famous. And, uh, but I think the reality of it is, is that Mary is known around the world. She's actually known for generations for her faith and for her favor that God had bestowed upon her. You've heard me say so many times in my messages that before God ever makes a demand on your life, he makes a deposit. He made a deposit of, on Mary of grace. Everybody say that. Say grace. He made a deposit on Mary of grace. Now this is interesting because grace is what allows you to do what you cannot do by yourself. But the Bible says this, she found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So not only did God bestow grace on her, listen to me, 
God bestowed grace on her because she was actually searching for grace. She was searching for favor. My church family, we need to every day get up and be looking and thanking God for his favor on our lives. We need to be looking for favorable moments in life. We need to be looking for the grace of God every day and saying, God, I want to walk in your grace today, expecting his grace, not walking through life, expecting today to be just like yesterday, today to be a new day, a new day where we're going to step into his grace. Can I hear a good amen today? And she found favor because she was looking for it. There was a, a quote that I always used to think about in my time when I was converting to Christianity because I got into a lot of trouble. I mean, I got into a lot of trouble. And I actually had to move to a new state because I was in so much trouble in the state that I lived. And I remember this quote. Somebody said it. If you're looking for trouble, you'll... How about if you're looking for grace? You'll step into it. If you're looking for grace, you'll walk into it. You'll walk in the favor of the Lord. Expect grace every single day. Expect grace to be flowing into your life. Can I hear a good amen today? And so God gave her the grace for what he called her to do. And what I love about this, because when we look at Mary's life, many of us would say, you know, Mary, not only was she full of favor and full of grace, but she actually had a divine appointment. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about divine appointments because they're still happening today. And I'm believing that divine appointments are going to overshadow you in 2024. That you're going to have divine appointments, that you're not just going to walk aimlessly through life, but you're going to have divine appointments. You know, in the Greek language, there's two words for time. One is chronos. Chronos is the tick-tock, tick-tock of our lives. It's the tick-tock, it's where we get the word chronology. Chronology is the order and the sense of events that happen. It's kind of a, a list of events. But a kairos moment, that's the second word that is used in the Greek language for time. Kairos is actually a moment within the order, within the chronology, but it's actually a moment where God interrupts the chronos of your life. And what happens is God acts on human affairs in the kairos moments. I'm believing for kairos moments in my life. I'm believing for these moments of divine favor, I'd like to say it this way, where I am literally at the right place at the right time for what God has for my life. Whether it's at Starbucks, whether it's at Sprouts or Aldi or wherever you are, that I could actually be in a place where the chronos of my life is impacted by a kairos moment and divine something can happen. Can I hear a good amen today? And my church family, Kairos moments are the moments when heaven interrupts earth. This is what happens. It happens, and I'm telling you, it is still happening today. And you need to get up tomorrow, and you need to expect that wherever you go, could this be a Kairos moment? Could this be divine appointments? That's when you actually run into somebody that may be your dream client. It's that moment where heaven breaks through some things that you have been praying for. There are moments in time, Kairos moments. It's literally divine appointments, and they are destiny-defining moments. Have you had any? I've had a lot of them. I'm here today because of the Kairos moments in my life. 
where heaven broke through and gave me direction when I wasn't ready for direction or looking for direction. The Kairos moment where these, these unexpected moments. Can I just tell you, listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. You need to start expecting the unexpected. Did you hear what I just said? Expecting the unexpected. Today, when you leave, good things are happening. Grace moments are going to happen in your life. This is what Mary was searching for. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. You need to start looking for it. Stop saying it's the same old, same old. What's new? Nothing's new. No, I'm looking for divine appointments in my life. Or does that only happen in Texas? It doesn't happen in California, right, because we're different. No, it's the same God, right? right here in Marietta, right here where you work. Let's stop putting limits on God. But here's what I want to tell you, and I think it's so important that we should be expecting these moments every day. I'm praying that this will happen for you, but I think here's what we need to know as we start talking about these divine appointments. Anybody want to have divine appointments? Let me see, let me see your hand. You want to have divine appointments? I want to help you today because what happens is divine appointments often come, though, as divine interruptions. I'm going to say that again. Divine appointments often come as divine interruptions. This girl Mary was planning her wedding. She was engaged already. Now you have to understand something, guys, about ladies. Some of them, since they were two years old, have been dreaming about marriage. They have seen themselves at two years old. They have been dreaming about the dress. They have been dreaming about Prince Charming. Come on, somebody. Since they were little. But can I tell you today that the king was born, and the way that the king came to the earth was because Mary allowed her wedding plans to be interrupted by a divine appointment. This is huge. This is huge, because I wonder how you handle interruptions. Mary was willing to be interrupted. Mary had a plan. She didn't just have a little lamb. Come on, she had a plan. But here's the thing. God's plan was much greater than Mary's plan. And Mary was willing to submit her plan to God. You know, many of us have plans. And many of us are planning only according to our own ability. And yet God has so much more. The plan that God would have for Mary would impact not only the world, but generations to come. That today, in 2023, in December, we are talking about Mary. We are honoring her faith and the favor. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us to pray to her, but we should honor her. Can I hear a good amen today? The Bible doesn't say to worship her, but the Bible does say that we should honor her faith because Mary was going to be the gateway for the Savior of the world to come. Listen, I want my life to be a gateway for the Savior to impact people. But are you willing to be interrupted? Because this is what happens is divine appointments often come as divine interruptions. Can I ask you a question? How much space have you allowed God to have in your life? How much space have you created for God to move in your life? Can I ask you a question? Does God have any permission to interrupt your schedule for a miracle? Because I think for some of us, we're like, God, yes, but I'm available Wednesday at 4. I'm serious. 
God, you, you know, you can do anything. Yeah, he can, but he's not going to disrupt your schedule without you allowing and saying, God, here I am. I'm looking for divine moments. I wonder, can God fit a miracle into your schedule? Or are you so busy? Are you, are you so busy? How available are you? How flexible are you? Mary's whole wedding plans were interrupted. Joseph, he got interrupted. His sleep was interrupted with dreams. The shepherds, their work was interrupted. The wise men, the three kings, their rulership was interrupted. Why? Because divine appointments often come as divine interruptions. Here's another thing we need to understand about interruptions is divine interruptions are usually always inconvenient. But they're intentional by God. They're inconvenient, but they're intentional. You know, we can get so wrapped in how inconvenient things are, and especially inconvenient things are for the Lord, that when there's an interruption, we can totally miss, we can totally miss the intentional moment of destiny that God has for your life. See, the moment in Mary's life would define every other moment. This Kairos moment for Mary would define every other moment of her life. That's the impact. And I don't, I don't um, over under over overstate this, but one Kairos moment can define every other moment in your life. We should value them. We should expect them. Now, here's why these interruptions are important. Because divine interruptions are actually an intervention. Some of you need an intervention from your own schedule. I'll preach to this side over here. Some of you need an interruption from your own planning and from your own schedule. Some of you, 2024 is already, the calendar year is already scheduled. You're booking for 2025 already because you're so organized and you're so scheduled. And guess what? You can be so scheduled that you can schedule God out of your schedule. Schedule him out. Schedule him out. Guess what? You need an intervention. You need a break from the norm. Pastor Phil, well, that's my goal. That's my New Year's commitment and resolution. I want to be more organized. I want to be scheduled. Good for you. I don't. I actually want to be more available. I actually want to be more flexible for what God wants to do in my life. I want to be flexible for these Kairos moments because the Kairos moments will define every other moment. Actually, I want to schedule on my calendar what happened in the Kairos moment, not just in the Kronos, in the tick, tick, tick of my life, schedule that. No, I want to have a divine interruption. I want to have a divine appointment. And that, from what happens there, will determine the rest of my calendar. You know what's sad to me? People are wasting time. They're wasting time. I want to talk to everybody who's 16 years of old and about 38-ish. The lie that you believe from the enemy is that you have time. We're young. We're young. My church friend, I'm going to tell you, as a young person, you can still do hard things. Well, you know, when I get to be 40, that's really when I'm going to commit. That's really when God's going to use me. You're wasting the tick-tock of your life. You know, Jesus, when he was lost... And Mary and Joseph couldn't find him. As he grew up, he was 12 years old. They found him at the temple, and they said, Jesus, what are you doing? He says, I am about my father's business at 12 years old. Not 40, 
12 years old. David, in his teen years, was killing giants and killing lions, killing bears when he was teen. But the lie that we believe today is I'll do that later. Some of you are sleeping your life away. I'm serious. When I talk to 24-year-olds and they're telling me how tired they are, I'm 52 years old and I'm ready to take on some giants and you're still asleep? Get up in Jesus' name. There's moments for you to enjoy. God wants to use your life right now. Well, I'll just wait. You're going to be waiting on your miracle. When those who wait on the Lord, that word wait isn't just hang out and we're just going to sit down and wait. The word wait is actually active. It means serving like a waiter. You know, when I think about these Kairos moments in my life, I've had more Kairos moments in the house of God and with the people of God than I have with other things or other places. Now, I'm not saying they can't happen other places. They do happen other places. But what I'm saying is that you can, in the chronos, in the tick-tock of your life, do you know that you can position yourself in the chronos of the time, you can position yourself for a Kairos moment? I believe today you're sitting here in the service and you're like, man, I devoted the chronos of my time. Guess what? You can have a Kairos moment. Why? Because you have come and you've opened up your heart. Faith is high in this room. Favor is high in this room. Can I hear a good amen today? Why are you so passionate, Phil? I'm passionate because I want you to walk in the miraculous. Listen, and I want you to walk in God's divine favor and have these moments. Because when you have these moments, you start to crave them. Because life is no longer ordinary. Life is different. You see things different. I want to encourage some people today. Don't sleep your life away. Get up. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen today? Listen, we'll sleep when we die. We could do it. I'm telling you. It's time now. There were people in the Bible who in their teens were seeing incredible miracles. But you have to get past this lie. Well, I'm young and I just have a bunch of time. No, you don't. Because the time you get to 40 years old, you haven't learned what you should have learned in the time that you should have learned it. Because you were asleep. Because you were like, well, we'll just wait. I'm telling you, I preach this message to teenagers because there were teenagers in our youth ministry when they heard a message like this, they were believing that lie. Well, you know what? I'll get on fire for God when I graduate from high school. No, not after I graduate from high school. Actually, when I graduate from college and you wait and you wait, but some teens got a hold of this message and they began to turn their, their, their high schools upside down because they said, if God can use that man, our youth pastor in his 30s, and God can use me right now in my 14, 15 years old, God, anything you want for my life, here I am, I'm available. And guess what? They started to walk in divine appointments because you know what they said? God, I'm available. It's interesting how we want miracles on our schedule, but I'm going to tell you something about miracles. They come at the most unusual times, and I think God does that just to surprise us so he lets us know it's not all about you. It's not all about your schedule. God has time. He lives outside of time in eternity. But you know what? We have a God who loves interruptions. Now, I'm just going to say something to you. If Jesus, while he was on the earth, could be interrupted, 
He had, how many of you think Jesus came and had a plan? How many of you think Jesus was on a timetable? He had to get to the cross. But you know what? He allowed himself to be interrupted. He was preaching at a Bible study, and people broke through the roof and totally interrupted his lesson. You know what? They interrupted Jesus, and guess what? They had a divine appointment. He was on the way to raise, actually, she hadn't even died yet. She was sick, but because a woman interrupted Jesus with an issue of blood, she interrupted him. He stopped and healed her. Jairus' situation got worse. But when he got to her, he said, arise, and she rose up. Jesus was interrupted. He was always walking, and then you would hear somebody like blind Bartimaeus say, Jesus! And the God of the universe would stop and minister to people. I know you have plans. I know you have a purpose. But I'm telling you, if Jesus himself, his plan was pretty big. His plan was pretty significant to be able to save the world from their sins. And yet, you never see Jesus rushing. You never see Jesus running. You always see him at peace, and he's being interrupted. And any, any interruption that happened, it turned into the miraculous. Are you here this morning? See, listen, I want to see divine appointments in my life. But I'm going to be honest with you. They're inconvenient at times. But they are interventions. And can I tell you this? I'm hoping that some of you really get a hold of this. Because God can actually use you to have a Kairos moment in somebody else's life. I'm not going to preach long today because I just have a couple stories because... This stuff really resonates with me. Probably about four months ago, uh, one of my cousins texted me and said, one of my other cousins is doing a revival. I have a, a, I have a lot of family in the ministry. One of my cousins right now is just, I mean, he has a, a church in uh, Philadelphia, in uh, Pittsburgh. He has a church in Fort Worth, and he's probably about 40 years old and, uh, or so, maybe 44. He is doing amazing. Well, he came to Redlands, so I didn't know his schedule, but my cousin... Jeff says, hey, Jonathan's going to be out in Redlands. He's doing, so <laughs> here we go. 40 years old, preached in, Phil, in Pennsylvania, got on a, on a jet, flew to Redlands, preached in the morning, and then preached Sunday night, Monday, 10 o'clock, Monday, 7 o'clock, all throughout the week, and then flew back and did his, he's about 40 years old. So my cousin says, hey, Jonathan's in town. It's Sunday. Do you want to go? After, after Sundays, I'm tired. I don't leave anything up here. I, I give my all every week. I think those of you that know that. I, this isn't three points in a poem on Sundays, right? And I have my latte right here, right? I'm going to give you everything. I was tired. It's inconvenient. It's Redlands. We're going to drive about 45 minutes. But you know what? I know about these moments. And a lot of times they're inconvenient. And a lot of times it's not what you want to do. Actually, that's what I'm starting to say now. True submission to the Lord is when you do what you didn't want to do. That's when it's true submission to the Lord. And so I'm sure, let's go, let's go. I'm going to be with the people of God, get to see my cousin, and I'm going to sit and let's see what God will do. Because you can position yourself in these moments where you're going to have a better chance of having a divine appointment, how many of you know, in the church with the people of God. So we're driving out there, and my cousin says, hey, I have some people. We haven't eaten. I said, I haven't eaten. So, all right, let's go to the old spaghetti factory. So we went there. There's one in Redlands. So we get there. My, my cousin has a bunch of his friends there. And we're just talking. I'm just eating. I'm just quiet because I've already talked. And so they start talking about grace. And then somebody there says, hey, 
uh, Phil, didn't you write a book about grace? I did. I did write a book. And I'm just like, okay, I, I didn't come here to sell a book. I just want to eat. I just want to sit. I've already talked. But I'm telling you, they said it out. Well, what's the book about? And so I started sharing. Okay, I said, and I told them, I'm not here to sell a book. I'm just going to tell you the revelation I have on grace. Well, I'm starting to talk about grace right at the old spaghetti factory. The guy sitting right um, across from me is a friend of my, my cousin Jeff, and his name is Ben. And so I'm just talking, and I look at Ben, and as I'm talking, he's, tears start coming down his eyes. They just start coming down his eyes. And I'm like, we're in a moment. We're in a Kairos moment right now. There's bread and spaghetti on the table, and God is moving. And I didn't really want to go. And so I'm looking, and he starts bawling. And so I'm like, I'm going to keep going. And, I'm and then everybody's looking. It was awkward. He's like getting, I mean, and it's funny because I don't know how you picture Ben, but Ben's this like big, like CrossFit guy. Like, I mean, he's got tattoos, right? And he's just there and he's like, and I never would have thought this would happen there, much less with him. And he just starts crying. And so we like had a moment and I worshiped with him. I, I, I prayed with him. Can I just tell you, these interruptions are interventions. So this Kairos moment actually was an intervention in his life. It was a blessing to mine because whenever you bless somebody else, you always get blessed. You do. So get this. We went on through the night. Uh, I went home, got home late. It's probably 1130, the three-hour church services, and I went the whole week. I got a text from Ben the next day, and he says, I just want to let you know this. He said, I was really excited about seeing your cousin preach and going to the, the worship revival. He said, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think and I believe that God had me go on this trip to meet you. I have the text. I'll show it to you. So there's times in our life where we can just look and go, we're tired. This is inconvenient. But I want to tell you, God wants to move. And I was so blessed that week. And... He's like, I got to buy the book. He bought the book. He's like, this book so blessed me and then gave me a huge financial offering. He said, I just want to bless you. I'm like, wow. An intervention in his life, inconvenient, but yet God moved. And I'm saying that some of us are sacrificing our miracles on the altar of convenience. And we here today, we're very spoiled. My church family, there is a Starbucks like on every corner, on every corner of every corner. I don't even have, I, literally two blocks is a grocery store for our house. I'm blessed. But what I'm saying is, is that we have gotten to this idea that everything has to be convenient. And if it's hard, it's not God. If it's hard, you wouldn't need his grace because you could do it all by yourself. Mary could not do this by herself. That's why she needed God's grace. And here's the great news. You are people of favor. You are people with God's grace. And God's grace will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And when you look around and you go, wow, God, you did that? He's like, yes. And you go, man, it was only by the grace of God. But you know what? I was flexible. I was available. Can I hear a good amen today? When are you going to start to walk in the miraculous? When are you going to start allowing God to use your life? When are you going to start speaking the word of God? How long? When are you going to do it? When? 2025? When is it going to happen? When are you going to start being flexible and saying, God, here I am. Use me to change the world. Right here in my work. If you have to disrupt this Zoom call, do it. I'm available. 
can I ask you, what are we living for anyway? What is this all about anyway? Isn't it all about God? Isn't it all about reaching this world? Can I hear a good amen today? And another thing I think that we need to know about these divine interruptions is divine interruptions, what they do, just like with Ben, they, they cause illumination and they have instruction. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So when you have a Kairos moment, not only does it bring illumination, for some of you, you're praying for some incredible things. And in these Kairos divine appointments, it's going to illuminate. It's going to be a lamp into your path. But listen, it's not just instruction. It's, it's actually, it's not just illumination. It's actually instruction. Mary's like, okay, this is great, but how is this going to happen? Can I just tell you something? It's going to happen for you just like it happened for Mary. The Holy Spirit is going to do it. How is this going to happen? The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, and the power of the Almighty is going to come upon you. Pastor Phil, how is this going to happen in our life? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the power of the Almighty is going to overshadow you, and he's going to make stuff happen that you never thought could happen. I want divine, divine appointments in my life. God will give you the direction you need for the destiny that he has for you. You know, um, God not only gave Mary a promise, but he actually gave her more instruction. Do you remember that after Jesus was born, Joseph had a dream, again, interrupted, and said, you need to get up. Come on, somebody say, get up. They said, you need to get up and you need to take the child to Egypt because Herod, we're going to talk about him uh, next week, Herod is out. There's, there's a plot to kill the child. And so God, another divine, uh, divine appointment, gave Mary and Joseph the actual direction that they need in the moment that they needed it. He's a good God. Watch. Not only does he give us the promise and the manifestation of the promise, but he'll give you direction so you can keep the promise and live in the promise. He's good. He does this. You know, when I talk about this, I, it resonates with me because even this last week, it's funny how sometimes what I preach is actually happening to me. Um, this last week has been a full week of interruptions. And um, is it right if I tell you this story? Because it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. And I don't know if you like crazy. I think some of you just like normal, the way you're looking at me. You want to live in the normal, you want to be average. So, all right, if the Holy Spirit just interrupts this message. All right. About three or four weeks ago, um, Tierra dedicated her baby. And uh, there was a woman that came. And, uh, and so, some of you heard this story, but it's kind of interesting how this all plays out. So, I met her in the lobby, as I do many of you. And uh, I felt like we just stepped into a Kairos moment. She starts speaking to me about how opportunities are going to come and that God's going to use my feet and my shoes. He's preparing the way. Well, that morning I had got up and cleaned my shoes. I, I never do that. It's, it was just the most interesting thing. And I told her that. I said, I never do this. But this today I got up and cleaned my shoes. And she says, yes, you're doing things in the natural, but you're going to see it play out in the spiritual. Come on, somebody. Four days later, I get a text from my friend. And he says this, he says, 
hey, um, we're having a big party with all of our volunteers here in San Diego. And he says, uh, I have a couple that uh, canceled. Can you and your wife come? And he says, are you prophetic? And I said, pathetic? No, I, I'm prophetic. Um, I think I'm prophetic. I've, I've used that gift many times. He's like, well, here's what we do. We have praise and worship for all of our, our team members, and then they just divide up into the, um, the, the four corners of the building. We have different couples, and we just want you to pray over them. We want you to prophesy. I was like, okay, like a machine gun prophecy kind of thing. He's like, yeah, that, if the Lord shows you something, I'd never done that before. I'm going to tell you something. Guess what? That went off of my head. Opportunities. There's the opportunity. Four days after she spoke that. Now, Monday's my day off. God doesn't work on Mondays. Because I don't work on Mondays. Right? My wife works on Monday. We're going to have to drive. That means, right, it's going to be inconvenient. I got to find, number one, child care for my son. Number two, my wife's got to come home, change real quick, and we got to drive down to San Diego. It's a work night. Now, for some of you right there would have said no. Because you're going to be too tired. I don't know if we serve the same God here then, right? So it's inconvenient. She's going to work all day, and I asked her, we're doing it. She comes home, come on, puts on a little bit of lipstick real quick. We get in the car, drop my son off, hightail it down to San Diego. And so we prayed and prophesied over like 30 or 40 people in two minutes, in Jesus' name words, kairos moments for people's lives, people crying. And here's the cool thing. Um, I don't know any of them. And that's, I told them, I don't know you. So I'm just telling you exactly what the Lord is downloading. Boom, boom, boom. I've never done something like that before. We didn't get out of there like 11 o'clock. Didn't get home till 12 o'clock. Now here's the crazy thing. Monday night, I already had another appointment and it was an appointment that had already been rescheduled. And so I didn't want these people we were supposed to go to dinner with to think that we're just blowing them off because I wasn't blowing them off. And I called them, and they were so graciously to reschedule for Tuesday night. So that means that not only <laughs> on Monday do we have a full schedule, but Tuesday night now, we, all right, my wife's going to work. She's, now she works in Moreno Valley, so that means we had to drive from San Diego that night, Monday night. She had to get up. She had about five hours of sleep, and she went to work. And then she couldn't come home and just stay home. We had another appointment. Everybody say inconvenient. And so the, the, the couple that we scheduled with Tuesday night, they were like, yes, we can schedule. So we had to go for Tuesday night. So we met this couple. And we're sitting there. Oh, actually, we're driving to meet a couple. And my wife goes, what are you going to talk about on Sunday? I said, I'm going to talk about interruptions. I'm going to talk about divine appointments. And she says, oh, man, I like that. And then I said, I have two other things I'm thinking about. She said, no, I like the, the divine appointment ones. So we get to the restaurant, and we sit down, just a normal Italian restaurant, and we begin to talk, and guess what happens? We get interrupted by a woman, and she says this. She says, "I excuse me, she said, I'm really sorry, but I overheard you talking about church. She says, we just moved here from Orange County, and we are looking for a church, and the people we were with said, he's a pastor, well, I gave him all the information. And they said, we may not be able to be there this Sunday, but we're going to come check out the church next week. All right. If I was there on Monday, it wouldn't happen. And I wish I could tell you that the story ends there, but it doesn't. And as we begin to sit with this, this couple, how many of you know you can never outgive God? So the night before, we were prophesying over people, 
the man comes up to me, my friend, he said, I want to bless you financially, help pay for our, our Christmas. It was all inconvenient. It was an intervention. But I'm telling you what, it was amazing. And then the night on Tuesday, after the woman interrupted us, we sat there. And this couple, new couple, new friends, the man looked at me, and he began to prophesy over my life, intimate details of my life that I cannot share with you. Maybe I will share with you another time. Intimate details about what's going to happen in this church. He prophesied over my wife, intimate details of things. And I was so blown away because the night before, I was prophesying over people. I was refreshing people. And when we left that night, we were so full of strength, so full of faith, so full of vision. I'll tell you what, my church family, these moments make a difference in your life because one day, one moment when God does this, it can set the trajectory of the whole year. Can I hear a good amen today? And what I want to tell you is you don't have to do it by yourself, but you do have to expect these moments. Can I hear a good amen today? I want to tell you something. These interruptions, I know they're inconvenient, but they have great rewards. And they can change the trajectory of your life. And here's where I want to end today. These divine interruptions, they require something from you, though. They require initiation. God requires for us to do our part. And here's your part. Here's my part. It's time to raise our level of expectancy. It's time to start expecting the unexpected in your life. It's time to expect what you have been expecting to happen. And it's closer than you think. Can I hear a good amen today? Why am I talking about raising your expectancy? Not just because I want to be positive, because expectancy is actually hope in the Bible. Hope is a positive expectation of good. Fear, right, is a positive expectation that everything will go wrong. You're hoping an expectancy. Expectancy. Zechariah said, I am a prisoner of hope. This is what he said. I am a prisoner of a positive expectation in my life. But it's important because we have to also believe in faith. Faith is putting hope in action. Believe for a divine and divine moments in your life. And can I tell you something? The more that I've been praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, the more that I have taken what I'm giving you and started expectations and just believing that these moments are going to happen, guess what? They're happening more often in my life. And God is not only refreshing me, but he's using me to refresh other people. And I'm no different than you. Same God. Come on, say same God. Initiation means it's the action of the beginning of something, the establishment or starting point. Everybody that's in business, look at me. All you need is one person. You just need that one dream client. He can change everything for you. But why don't you start believing that you're going to be at the right place at the right time for it to happen? And here's what I believe. I believe that my steps are ordered from the Lord. You know, the Bible says that we can make our plans, but the, order, the Lord will order our steps. So, yes, I'm going to make plans. I'm not saying that I don't have any plans for 2020, but what I'm saying is that I'm flexible enough and I'm going to be available enough for whatever God wants to do in my life. Because what God wants to do in my life, here's what I'm learning, is what I've always wanted for my life but I couldn't achieve it by myself. So what does that mean? That means there's a letting go. Listen, there's a losing control 
having your schedule, well, you know, Pastor Phil, I'm just, you know, I want to just make sure we have the right energy for this. I want to just make sure we have the right strength for this. You let God be your strength. You let God direct you. He'll refill you because some moments you can't get back. I just thought that day, if I didn't sit there with Ben, if I decided not to go, that week was incredibly miraculous for me. But you know what? Drove every day to Redlands. I was there for about five hours, didn't go home to about 1230. One o'clock, drove back every single day. It was inconvenient. Was it tiresome? Absolutely. But it was totally refreshing, totally powerful. Can I hear a good amen today? And look at Mary's response. Here's where I close. Are you glad you came to church today? Luke chapter 1, verse 38, watch. Mary responded. Here's what she said to the angel, to the Lord. I am the Lord's servant. Listen to these words. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you have said about me come true. I believe in Jesus' name that everything that God has said about you will come true in Jesus' name. Everything that God has said about you will come true in Jesus' name. Everything God said about you. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? But are you willing to make space for him? Are you willing to give him room today? Are you willing to be interrupted? Are you willing to allow him to take some of your time that wasn't planned to see a miracle today? I'm telling you, it's the best life. Divine appointments are still happening today. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for divine appointments. You know, the opposite, I think, of divine appointments can be disappointments. And some of us have allowed our expectancy just to be non-existent. But, well, I just don't want to be disappointed. Can I just encourage you today, my church family? Put your hope in God. Not in people, but put your hope in God. He will never let you down. But we've got to be available. We've got to be flexible to say, God, whatever you have for me, whatever you want for me, God, in this season or the next season, I am willing, I am ready for your miraculous power to flow through me. And Lord, I pray and I thank you for the people in this room. I declare favor over their lives today. I thank you that they will be at the right place at the right time. Lord, I pray that you would open up their eyes so they begin to see, Lord, opportunities and see things and see time as you see them. Lord, I pray that we would be open for divine interruptions in this season, Lord, to experience the Christmas that you have. It may not look like what we thought it would look like, but it's going to be miraculous. It's going to actually be better than what we thought in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you give him a great round of applause today? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.